0: دو به مردم شریف ایران من شهر افشار هستم میزبان شما در مرای Politics 365 امروز یک مهمان خیلی فعال و برجسته در جامعه ما به برمه پیوسته بیجن نشاط در واشنگتن دی سی آه ایشون آه سی او و به صلاح رئیس دفتر یه مؤسسه غیر انتفایه به اسم Atlas Core Atlas Core یه Social Enterprise که واقعا خیلی کار مهمی میکنه از نظر ترنینگ منتورینگ راهنمایی برای پروفشنال جوان سراسر دنیا و البته واسه اینکه ایشون بک‌گراندشون ایرانی هستش خب ما میخواستیم با ایشون حرف بزنیم یه ذره بیشتر آشنایی پیدا کنیم با بک‌گراندشون چه جوری به این مقام رسیدن هدفشون تو این کار چیه و چه واقعا یه همچین مؤسسه‌ای میتونه به جوانای ایرانی در آتی کمک کنه راهنمایی کنه و آرزوی هممونم هم همینه که بزرگترین صادرات ایرانو جوونا و, جوون ها و نابغ هایی که ایران تولید میکنه به مقام‌ها راههای بتونیم برسونیم که موفق میشن همیشه آرزوی همه ما همیشه این بوده و بیجنجان واقعا در یه نقش خیلی مهمیه در این زمینه که میتونه نطر راهنمایی برای ایرانی دیگه بکنه اما واقعا همه جوونای نابغه و پروفشنال و اونایی که واقعا ای آینده درخشانی دارن به نتیجه برسن به کارا و به ارگانیزیشن ها و کمپانی هایی برسنن که میتونن واقعا پیگیری کنن کاراشونا خلاصه میذارم خودشون خودشون معرفی کنن بیشتر بیژن اما بقیه این برنامه به انگلیسی تهیه شده و آخرم با فارسی ما یه جنبنده کوچیکی میکنیم بیژن نشا خوش اومدی به Politics 365 if you could introduce yourself your background, how you got to this role, and we'll go from there.
1: Thank you so much, Shahyar. And it's the first time I hear what we do at Atlas Core described in Farsi, which is a real treat. So I appreciate it. And I'm really, really excited to get to interact and meet your community hopefully soon. It's wonderful to be in conversation and in exchange with the Iranian-American community. For me, coming back as an immigrant to this country, I want to strengthen those roots. So thank you for having me. I'm the CEO of At Core, as you've explained. It's a nonprofit, I call it a social enterprise. I took the role of CEO two years ago when I moved back to the US. I am passionate about talent and opening doors for young people all across the globe, right? When you think about your own experience, why are you where you, where you got to is because other people opened doors for you and they believed in your potential, sometimes maybe even more than you did yourself. I know that that was the case for me. And over the course of my career in uh, the World Bank and Save the Children and other social enterprises and foundations over the last 20 years that is actually a thread that has always made me more passionate about doing that at a professional level. Opening doors for people especially from diverse backgrounds making them have opportunities to go into a career and lead organizations make a difference for others. So we find, grow, and we connect young professionals from across the globe, a lot of them in the global south, in low and middle income countries, to organizations that are making a difference, such as Save the Children, Care, we've had IBM and SAP as well. We are sector neutral, but we want to work with organizations that open doors for young people. And the way we do it is we find them all across the globe through an application process, We help them, including through virtual vetting, recruitment, and leader development, mentoring, coaching, to really get where they need to be. And we assess their skills, their leadership potential. And then we connect them, including through a fellowship that can take them to the US for up to one year or one and a half years, and place them in teams as young professionals where they perform and get support. And the hope and the impact is that afterwards, they end up with a great career maybe even at that organization abroad when they go home, when they go into a global role. So that's what really excites me. I I can do it day and night, and I have the pleasure of interacting with young, diverse professionals across the globe every single day.
0: I'm jealous uh, because that's a great opportunity. I think you you, you really become a global citizen when you talk with the youth of countries from around the world. So anybody can apply from any country Mm -hmm. except Sanctioned countries, like Iran?
1: So the good news is that the virtual work we do, and this is something I'm really interested in, there are no borders anymore. All you need is talent and you need access to that global community via the internet. And that exists now almost everywhere and it's growing. So this is one of the things coming out of the pandemic that I think, right, let's separate the signal from the noise. This world has changed we can create access to talent and we can create access to opportunity regardless of where you are or what your government is, only because you have talent and you wanna make a difference for others.
0: And that's a kind of a dream we talked about, a shared dream that uh, wouldn't it be wonderful if, especially given the nature of remote work uh, and on top of it, a country like Iran and other countries in the Middle East, uh, all kinds of political and legal sanctions issues, to be able to access that enormous talent in a country like Iran uh, remotely. I yeah. mean, uh, bypassing everything. And so, and this isn't necessarily, you know, uh, you don't have visa, you don't need ah one b visa, you don't need, uh, you know, a sanctions license, you don't need any of this stuff. You're, you're accessing talent remotely um, and mentoring and cultivating. And obviously, whenever they do physically need to go leave the country, then you help with the the travel arrangements, visas, however which way you, you help them uh, to get them to a meaningful place uh, in, uh, in other countries. Now, this is like, so these are global applications and you put them in touch with American institutions or is it global institutions?
1: They're mostly both, but we have a unique advantage in that we were founded in 2006 here in the U.S and we build a network of hundreds of organizations that are willing and able to host people and we can organize, it's called a J-1 visa. We are able to get people from South Sudan, from places where you wouldn't think you'd get a visa to come to the US. We're able to enable that process, which basically opens doors for people when you meet in person as well as virtually and really work inside a team. So that focuses mostly on the US but I see it as a, global, uh, as a global social enterprise because some of these organizations are now remote. We do it remotely with fellowships, even with people in countries like Russia, right? Where people want to make a difference, but are not allowed right now to leave. And that is my vision, right? To extend that further to places such as Iran and other places where we know there's millions of talented professionals. All they are looking for is a connection, a window to the world and the opportunity to make a difference for themselves and others?
0: Well, obviously, uh, the Iranian population is eager uh, to make a difference, not only in their own country, uh, but also to be a global player. And so much has changed in the past 44 years. You know, Iran was such a a different place in 1979 than it is today, it almost doubled the population, uh, the majority uh, youth, uh, they're so connected. They're so wired in, you know, uh, even with the Wi-Fi or or uh, Internet access issues. They're so connected and they're watching. Uh, yeah. They're watching. And and to the extent that uh, maybe we talked on this program before, there's a brain drain where a lot of really uh, amazing people are leaving Iran, I think, regrettably, under very difficult circumstances. They hated probably they would prefer to grow and prosper in their own country. But because they have no opportunities for growth, they, they leave. But uh, until uh, the economics or the politics settle down and uh, the Iranian youth have access to their own uh, institutions, uh, something like this is a, is a great uh, leap ahead, uh, hopefully to help the Iranian people. Now, how would someone find you? How would they apply? What does the process look like?
1: Finding us, uh, please find us through the website atlascore.org. And there are different applications, both for the Virtual Leadership Institute and then for the fellowship itself. We just had a record number of applications from across the globe, close to 4,000 this year, who were applying for those placements into organizations and who want to go through the vetting process. That's something I'm working on to actually scale both of those areas, those products that we offer, It works and part of the reason why I'm engaging community, it works because we get supporters and partners, right? Because we have to enable the infrastructure, we have to enable and work with the organizations and we want to keep it free for people from anywhere to be part of those programs. So that's partly why I'm out there, right? To look for supporters. I'd love to build out that opportunity, especially virtually to everywhere more and more, including Iran,
0: it'd be um, a dream. So, okay, so that's, that's You answered kind of uh, my question. How are you funded? How are you able to do what you're doing? Because essentially you're providing the service for this youth for free. So that they, yes. they're not paying you something, but you have supporters and funders and sponsors. Uh, to and do that's it.
1: why I call it a social enterprise. And I'm right. very proud, right? I've spent lots of time in different kinds of organizations, including charity, and to me, I, I, I think of Atlas Core as a social enterprise that bridges between talent and between organizations that make a difference. And the business model is that we charge a fee of the organizations that host such a fellow, we call them, a talented professional for over a year, because on average, they have six to seven years of professional relevant experience. So you're not promoting internships, you're bringing in seasoned people who are mid-career or start early mid-career who really can benefit the organization. And I wanna use that to subsidize the other parts that we do, including, for example, California. We work with the Conrad Hilton Foundation very closely. We work with U.S. embassies abroad and, and do deliver virtual leader development for people in rural Pakistan recently, for example. In those cases, we partner with embassies, we partner with foundations in order to keep it cost-free for people. But it requires us on top of it to find supporters and partners who want to chip in in order to enable people from anywhere to have those opportunities.
0: So if a company in the US wanted to work with your Atlas Core, uh, and by the way, I just want to make sure the the website is clear, uh, Atlas Core, C-O-R-P-S, Yes. dot right. org. Uh, so Atlas C-O-R, dot org, uh, not org. Uh, not corporation, um, but you can Google it and and you'll find it. Uh, I think. Uh, what if there are some American companies? It could be Iranian American companies. And as we talked before, many many successful Iranians own many, especially in the tech sector, especially in California. A lot of uh, you know uh, uh, I T gurus in California. Um, can they sponsor, uh, work with you to sponsor a group of Iranians coming over? Or are, are we not able to quite remotely, you can do it? Or can you not physically bring them?
1: As of right now, and this is right, if it were easy, others could do it. Right. Like I always tell my team, right. right now, it's difficult, given the visa restrictions, Right, we could do it remotely with a remote fellowship. And that is something we could invest and set up. I'd love doing that. And if there are people out there who are interested, please be in touch with Shayar or myself. I'd love to get that started. Remotely, a lot of things are possible, and you can find ways to make that happen. In person, right now, there is more work we need to do, but maybe that is something we do together to say, let's push for this because we're losing out on talent every single day. And you see the examples of successful immigrants and the difference they've made, including in the tech sector, in the U.S.
0: So fantastic. So that's a really important point. Um, if there are Iranian companies, uh, I mean, American companies, Iranian-American companies in California, anywhere in the U.S., they could work with you to 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 sponsor uh, some remote fellowships for Iranians in Iran. Uh, and that's all obviously uh, uh, compliant with the sanctions because you're not bringing anyone over and you take care of all the regulation, but the com- the sponsoring company needs to reach out to you and say, you know what, I want to do something. And I, I think this is a very interesting uh, opportunity because uh, all through the past year since uh, this uh, the um, uh, the unrest started in Iran and the Masa Amini since September to now, it's been a year, uh, and her uh, uh, unfortunate uh, anniversary is coming up soon. People have been asking, and they were trying to figure out how do we help? How do we help the people of Iran? Uh, sanctions prohibit all kinds of, you know, uh, issues, uh, but uh, they allow certain limited transactions. There are some general licenses. We've had many lawyers on this program explaining sanctions, but uh, something like this, so constructive, so uh, uh, entirely within the realm of possibility that. Iranian American companies can sponsor uh, Iranian fellowships in Iran. That's how you can help. That's how you can help. You can mentor another professional. You can do whatever remotely, as far as this, the the remote uh, you know uh, rules allow. Um, that's how you can help. So I think that's a great uh, conclusion. Uh, in the three or four minutes we have left, Ovision, I, I I didn't. I wanted to do it in the beginning of the program. We didn't, but. I really wanted to learn a little bit more about your background and how you got here, because you, you've been involved with Iranian conversations uh, at a very high level for a long time. So you didn't just land in this role by accident. You've been kind of involved with a lot of policymaking and conversation. Tell us a little bit about your career trajectory uh, and how you. what interested you about this particular role, if you could, in the three minutes we got left.
1: I'll try. So you mentioned 44 years. That's exactly my age and my Iranian American family. <laughs> makes fun of me because when I was born in August 79, they actually had just fled Iran and stayed with us in Berlin where I was born before emigrating to the US. So my history of you know having an Iranian dad, a Persian dad who came in the 60s to study in, in Germany and stayed, married my German mom and growing up in, in Cold War, West Berlin is, is very much uh, connected to a global conversation to a Persian conversation of You carry forward your culture, but you marry it and integrate it into others and you take the best of both worlds and you carry that forward. So that's something that I try to live by and seeing what my dad as a doctor and what my mom as a teacher and human rights advocate have always done is they always loved what they do and what they did was they were serving others and helping others. So that's really, that brought me into the humanitarian space. It brought me into some work on Iran as well. And it brought me for a long time to Save the Children, humanitarian work for refugees, and then now to Atlas Corps. It's kind of a principle in terms of I, I <laughs> soaked it up from my parents and uh, now I am where I am and I get the opportunity to work with young people, which makes you energized every single day.
0: I think that's a a fantastic story, and I think it's similar to a lot of Iranians uh, who have immigrated to Europe and the the U.S., uh, and they bring with them, uh, I don't want to say baggage, but they bring with them their culture and their history uh, and their identity, and they apply it to the areas of interest uh, and passion. And because we're international uh, citizens and we have a global perspective, we always try to figure out how do we how do we be better global citizens, right? And you've lived that passion and I'm so very, very honored to have met you. I I hope we keep in touch. I I would really love to help what you're doing and especially if we can sponsor or cultivate a group of Iranian companies, uh, Iranian-American companies to work with you to sponsor some Iranian fellowships. I tell you, that is the golden key. While we're waiting for the politics to sort out and all the... Uh, the revolution and all the, uh, the unrest, um, whatever the people of Iran want uh, should be what what happens. Until then, um, Amer- Iranian-American companies working with you to sponsor some uh, fellowships, that would be amazing. I, I would love to see that.
1: I, I love that idea. Let's do tangible things for people and not on the basis of charity, but actually building on their strengths and talent.
0: Right. I love it. And God knows Iranian people have Oodles of talent and thank you so much, Bijan and Ashad, for joining us from Atlas Core. Please visit his website. Uh, and if you're an Iranian American company or if you know one uh, that is interested in sponsoring an Iranian fellowship, please contact uh Bijan or myself. And we'll uh, obviously uh would love to cultivate such a pipeline until uh things open up. Uh, Bijan and Ashad, thank you so much for your time. <inaudible> فرداکاریه که واقعا داریم میکنیم برای جامعه کارایی که داری میکنی واقعا بین نظیره و ما حتما میخوایم از کارایی که شما میکنین حمایت کنیم و پیگیری کنیم یک جنیا تشکم Thank you Merci, thank you,
1: خدا حافظ.
0: خدا حافظ.